0: Burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease
1: this is amy brown from four things with amy brown today healthier is happening at cvs health in more ways than you've ever seen To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and
3: individual. It's 11.10 p.m. at a book publishing party circa 1987 in New York City. And you're listening to Night Call. Hello and welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. My name is Emily Oshita. I am here in New York. And with
4: me on the other end of the line is Molly Lambert and Tess Lynch. Hello, hello, Momo. That's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> hello, <laughs> Let's have momo. a
1: minute for Momo. Just a Momo
4: minute, a Momo mom, a meme mom for Momo. Uh huh.
1: If you haven't heard about the Momo challenge, Molly and Emily and I just uh, kind of talked about it. There was this hoax going around that um, there's this Japanese sculpture uh, that is called Mother Bird, and it looks. It's like a chicken it's lady a hybrid. It's
4: a harpy. It's like a breasted bird lady it, it looks with a like terrifying a, it looks face
3: like a Junji Ito slash Tim yes. Burton uh, like like circa Beetlejuice
4: creation it looks specifically yes. like the bird face people in Beetlejuice yes it's like a woman with a bird face who has like crazy bulging out eyes and like a mouth that's just kind of a straight line in a V and it's scary it's super scary yeah but what what exactly happened I have questions. what happened about is that Somehow, I don't know how it started, but this meme, essentially it's a meme. There was like people started hearing that Momo was appearing in YouTube videos in the middle of YouTube videos aimed at children and telling children, like in the middle of like a Peppa Pig video. This is the story, the urban legend. You put on a like YouTube for your kids and in the middle of a Peppa Pig video, Momo appears and tells your kids to kill themselves and their parents.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. It's the Momo challenge to kill yourself and get others to And do kill so. your parents. Yeah. So
3: I was so, un- I was under the impression that the Momo challenge was to watch the Peppa Pig video in question ha! and come out of it not wanting to kill yourself. <laughs> no, but the
4: challenge is but- to kill yourself and your parents. Right, right. it's okay. to kill yourself. But then I was researching it, and there was another one called the Blue Whale Challenge, uh-huh. which is what that Black Mirror episode, Shut Up and Dance, I think, is based oh. on. And the Blue Whale Challenge is another like apocryphal urban legend. And like, you know, the challenge, kids love challenges, and that one supposedly starts with like mundane things and then escalates to like you have to kill somebody. You know, where it's like, do this challenge. First, it's like, you know, go take a Drink some milk. Yeah. Scavenger hunt. (laughs) Ride a bike. and starts with a scavenger hunt and ends really dark. Again, I couldn't find any real information about it. There are like news articles from every country. It seems like that one was more like uh, Eastern Europe based. Uh-huh. So it feels
3: like the deal with Momo though is that all these parents have been talking about it like saying it's traumatized their children or something but yet the videos that I've seen are all like videos taken of somebody else's. It doesn't
4: exist. Exactly. It's, it's satanic doesn't exist. panic. Yeah. Yeah. However,
1: Breaking news, which won't be breaking news when you listen to this episode, the sculpture has been destroyed. Why? The creator of the sculpture uh, decided to throw it away. <laughs>
4: well, I'm sure it'll reform out of the pieces, the shattered pieces. <laughs> Maybe. Momo's getting all the blame here. And this yeah, is not Momo's saying, fault. Yeah, I poor Momo. I... I am yeah. a Momo Stan. Yeah. I think Momo is misunderstood. We stand a legend. Stan a legend. I feel like Momo's just the female slender man. But it's, for some yeah. reason, the fact that it's like female and like just a weird looking, like weird girl makes me be like, Momo has never done anything wrong.
3: <laughs> well, Did you see okay. that somebody
4: tried to face tune Momo? That was one of I've the many things like, I saw when I for There were immediately Momo. like cutie Momos. Yeah. yeah.
1: I have two things to add to this discussion. Number one is that um, my husband had mentioned to me that we need to be careful of the. He had heard about the Momo challenge. He bought into it. He was like, no more Peppa Pig. And so I sent him this really great article from the New York Times. John Herman wrote it called um, Momo is as real as we've made her, which has like a lot of good points about how Momo looks like a sleep deprived mother. uh, (laughs) Exactly the kind of person who is handing the phone to her child saying, watch all the Peppa Pig and the streaming YouTube yeah. crap that you want. So, how it's basically Momo's kind of playing on our like guilt of the fact that you know the real threat is that you're just kind of giving your kid a stream of YouTube and you don't know what they'll see. So yeah, the possibility that they'll see something that's like actually horrifying exists. Right. But also, I so I texted this to my husband. Then on Sunday morning, I was sick, so I decided to let my three-year-old have my phone and watch Peppa Pig on YouTube, and I give her the phone, and she like sees that the, there's a thumbnail of Momo <laughs> that I've texted to my husband, and she's like... <laughs> What's that? And I was like, oh, uh, don't worry about it, it's Momo. And she was like, I can't wait to tell my
2: friends about Momo. And I was
3: like, no, you can't mention Momo. You can't you tell made, anyone about Momo. You've just unhoaxed the Momo, I the Momo unhoaxed challenge. I Momo. And I now it's cool. for real bad. Sometimes yeah. that
4: happens that like a fake thing becomes a real thing. Exactly. Although right. I don't think anyone ever did the Tide Pod challenge, but all the articles that were like, oh please, God. children, stop <laughs> eating Tide Pods. I'm you sure know, somebody all did All the kids eating the 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 Tide Yeah, it's
3: real. Um. We also want to revisit real quick at the top of the show um, the city of Denver. Yes. Beautiful Denver, Colorado. Uh, We have gotten some more intel. For one, there is a mobile game that was released just last month or I guess two months ago now in January of this year about Blucifer in which you uh, are Blucifer, the horse, and you run around rampaging through Colorado. Um, we'll link to that on the Twitter. Uh, or Actually, I already did link to it on the Twitter. Um, and so the the mummification of Blucifer continues apace. And then the gargoyles. Uh,
1: For a fun anniversary trick, they made the gargoyles come to life at the Denver airport and start talking to people, which is not at all horrifying. Again, Denver Airport, way to just continue yeah. to meet the meet the expectations of all air travelers that they should be just like, surprised and frightened upon landing in your city.
4: Whoa, what's that? I saw a gargoyle the other day. I was doing a hike and there was a gargoyle in somebody's backyard. thought that was a good thing to put in your backyard. <laughs> you know,
1: I don't like gargoyles, but I like them better than I like murals.
4: Well, it's like the least amount of chill.
3: Again, in keeping yeah. with all things DIA. Um, yeah. Also, on the subject of of art that kills, which somehow has yes. become a running theme,
4: because we love. We love haunted portraits. we're
3: the velvet buzz pod. <laughs> we are. I just watched that again with david and uh, and uh, it's it's real fun it, it 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 holds up on a second viewing. I gotta say, uh, still velvet mentioned. Tide pod <laughs> ha nice uh, this this comes from um our listener, Aram. This is going back to we were talking about. there's um. A uh, there's a sculpture that's uh, that that are these holes that basically the way that they're presented it looks like they just go down forever because they're painted, um, they're painted this particular shade of proprietary black, and the artist is Anish Kapoor, um, and Aaron uh, wrote to me on Instagram so I hope it's okay to use this but I feel like this is this is a, a night call but uh, he said an Italian man he, sh- he sh- shared an article from Fast Company but. About an Italian man who fell into Anish Kapoor's hole a few months ago. Maybe I'm misremembering, but the first story I read about it said the man stepped into the hole because he was trying to prove a point that the hole wasn't really a hole and was just a <laughs> circle painted on the floor in Vanta Black Kapoor's proprietary black paint that's apparently the darkest paint ever produced by science. Um, and there is there is an article about this uh, that somebody t- tried to call uh, the holes bluff and it was
4: a real hole and they Don't fell fuck in with holes. Don't Careful. fuck with a hole. Holes. hole. will win. Holes
1: always win.
3: <laughs> I
4: love the movie Holes, by the way. Yeah, Holes is great. <laughs> great movie.
3: <laughs> um, so thank you for bringing that to our attention.
1: This episode of Night Call is sponsored by Rothies stylish, sustainable, and comfortable shoes you'll never want to take off. It's hard to believe Rothy's shoes are made from recycled water bottles because they're as soft as socks and as cute as your probably way less comfortable ballet flats. Rothy sent Nightcall some shoes to try out, and we all love them. They're available in four styles, the flat, the point, the loafer, and the sneaker, and they come in women's and girls' sizes. They look cute with absolutely everything and are stylish enough to wear to work, especially because they come in a huge array of color and pattern options. They add a new color every few weeks, too. But one of my favorite things is how practical they are for wear. They're maybe the only shoe I've worn that didn't give me blisters right out of the box, and you can wash them in your washing machine. They're also great for the planet. Rothy's has recycled almost 20 million water bottles into shoes. We love our Rothy's and know you will too. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use code NIGHTCALL to get free shipping and no minimum, and free returns or exchanges, though you won't want to return them. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com, and enter NIGHTCALL to get your new favorite flats and free shipping. It's a no-brainer. Shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable with free shipping. Go get yourself a pair today. Rothy's.com, promo NIGHTCALL to get this deal while it lasts. Speaking of calling bluffs.
3: Exactly. Right? Uh, Molly pointed us to this article in the New York Times Magazine, uh, which will be a couple weeks old at this point, but is definitely worth a read. That is about uh, this sort of operation, or I guess multiple operations. They all have very fun names um, done by uh, a woman named Susan Gerbick to kind of debunk. These uh, psychics. When you said celebrity psychics, so I was thinking at first like psychics to the stars. But these are like psychics who are actually celebrities and like command a crowd, and you buy tickets yes. to go see them do, uh, you know, readings and stuff. In, in although in some of
1: them are also yes, psychics yeah, to the stars. yeah. There's yeah. an
3: overlap for sure. I thought this article was super interesting, especially the ending. Like, I feel like yeah. um, I've definitely, not just for stuff around psychics, but, uh, you know, astrology and everything like that. You, inv- If you write about this stuff or, or um, you know, you, you express any kind of interest in it, uh, you automatically kind of come in contact with these types of uh, uh, rationalist debunker types who are... Um, You know, just trying to make sure that nobody believes in astrology or whatever, whatever the case may be. Uh, And I just thought that the ending was so interesting because it was kind of about, I don't want to spoil it too much because it does feel like a spoiler, but it was sort of about the way in which even like a, you know, supposedly bullshit psychic reading can have some kind of power or be like important for people in a way besides it just being like actually accurate and somebody talking to a spirit or somebody, uh, from beyond the grave. I thought that was, uh, really interesting, but yes, but the whole, like getting into the operation was super interesting as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely, you kind of start reading thinking that it's going to be very unsympathetic to the psychics, but then the author has like a very emotional experience at one of these readings and you realize that there's a need For something like this, although the issue is that, you know, that there was like another link um, within the article to one of my favorite pieces ever, which is a few years old now, about the guy who spent like $718,000 on psychics. Oh, my God. And they were all just leading him on this like wild goose chase to find this woman, and it just ruined his life. So obviously there are a lot of bad actors there. Yeah. But it's interesting because like when you totally do away with – you know, people who deal with things like grief and, you know, people being very lost in their lives and stuff within a metaphysical way. Mm-hmm. There's like a need there. So it's not all bad and it does affect people positively, but it also, you know,
4: you can definitely lead people down a well, bad path. Well, it's like, is religion a scam? Exactly. It's like if it's a helpful thing for people, like, is it a scam? Uh, yeah. And when also, when money starts
3: getting involved, that's when I think it gets a little bit murky. That's when it becomes a scam. Yeah, <laughs> but oh, but yeah. also cold reading
4: is a skill, right? Right itself.
3: I mean, yeah. just like going into a crowd of people, or like finding a row row of el- elderly people, or people getting along in years at a in a conference room in the back of a like Crown Plaza hotel, and like saying somebody here just lost a parent. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be right probably, but like. Also, some, like the fact that somebody would raise their hands kind of means that they want they, they want to be seen. They want to have a chance yeah. to like express um, or like you know, be able to talk about it in public or, or with a stranger um to be recognized in that way or have their pain recognized or something i think right it's like very therapy it's
4: like somebody pretending to understand you yeah. or just like listening to you yeah. and that is like something maybe everybody needs well um, this is I, the
3: thing yeah. i always say about astrology is that like i feel like the appeal of astro- astrology is reading something that's talking to you in second person like addressing and telling you things about yourself like yeah. the, the the idea that somebody knows you and is like and can reflect that back to you even if it's not necessarily always accurate <laughs> uh, but that feels good like we want to hear people tell us things about ourselves because I feel like <laughs> a lot of times we don't have an idea like you know we it's like hard to tell like what, what we're putting out there you know
1: <laughs> yeah Um. there was some really good uh, 1800s gossip kind of dropped into the middle of this article. Oh and yeah, I'll just quote it. The poet Robert Browning once exposed the mid 19th century Scottish psychic Daniel Home, who claimed to conjure the spirit of Browning's infant son who died young. Except Browning hadn't lost a son. Worse, the poet lunged at the apparition to unmask it and found himself clutching Holmes's bare foot. I was like <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse yeah. me? Uh, which is like an interesting thing to add to your idea of Robert Browning.
4: Um, I think I also told you I found out Thomas Edison was really into psychics and believed yeah. in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I yep. think the logic is not incompatible with like there are things beyond logic. Yeah.
1: Also, it's interesting how much time and energy the the skeptics kind of poured into creating these fake Facebook profiles and like getting all costumed up and going to these psychic readings and you know kind yeah. of <laughs> I mean it's a real gig man uh and you have to respect it because they are trying to protect people from getting defrauded right, but, but it's they're also going
4: like, like mm. they must like it a little bit oh yeah, yeah. it's like the yeah. movie cruising exactly You're like, this is the undercover assignment you chose yes
3: yeah, it's really interesting the way they do it. It's just like they create this entire profile, and then they basically use it as bait for this the psychic to have already looked it up ahead of time because you you know you, have, you give your information when you buy a ticket, and so they can you know they can name names and stuff. But then you kind of set that as a trap so that they'll fall for this fake profile that's been created and give you a reading based on the fake profile. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. Related, Molly also sent us an article about the uh, Crystal influencer who is also a fraud. Uh, what's her name again? Audrey Kitching. Okay, she Audrey Kitching. She was
4: MySpace scene queen. Yes, and starred in a Smashing Pumpkins video. She, that part of her, her MySpace scene queen, she was famous for having pink hair and being, like, she did hair, I think, for a long time. And uh-huh. she dated a guy from... Either Panic at the Disco or one of those. Oh, scene, uh, and now yeah. she has pivoted to New Age. And this was an article about how she's like a fraud.
1: Because she's stealing
4: other people's Yoni
1: Wand ideas she's- and being like, here's my
4: Yoni Wand. <laughs> it was about how she's like, she she has rebranded herself as New Age, but like all of her quotes are just stolen from other people it kind of got to the same place of like, well, if it helps somebody, doesn't matter. Like, right. um, but also that all of her supposedly like handmade whatever products that she's selling all come from AliExpress. Yeah. yeah, and like has these assistants who the writer interviewed who were like, yes, yeah, she ruined my life <laughs> yeah. um, by promising me things and then forcing me to like do her laundry.
3: Yeah, I don't know for some reason I I it is interesting to think about like why this makes me a little more irritated than like a
4: likely very fake psychic or medium or something i don't know they talked to the other new agey people that she like ripped things off from and those people are like devastated by this well those people yeah. are also like so silly but you're like they're serious about it they're earnest right. they're right. earnest they, i mean at least the fake
1: psychics are taking time right. to sit down and like yeah. connect with people even if they're kind of using clues that they found elsewhere
4: or they're right. just after this getting person money. is a cynic yeah. exploiting right
3: yeah people. it's cynical. <laughs> Like, even if you know yourself on some level, if you're if you're a, a touring psychic and you know that your thing is mostly bullshit and you're you use- and you're looking at people's Facebook accounts, like there's still some part of it where it's like, well, I want to like, you know.
4: Hey, you're putting in the time. Yeah, look I want to and Facebook I want to give a
3: meaningful experience to somebody like, you know, you're like an actor. It's yeah, like, sure. Yeah,
4: it's a girlfriend experience. Exactly. Yeah. She doesn't seem like somebody that anybody would want to be like. So it's weird. She's formed a cult of personality. But it also goes into the way that, like, new age stuff can just be narcissism. Right. You know, like all the goop stuff that's like Yoni Wands is just like a rich, bored person who doesn't have to work and, like, Mm -hmm. turns entirely inward. Into the yoni. Into they the go. yoni. It just becomes one big yoni. Yonified. <laughs> I think it's also
1: t- kind of ties in with the whole like thinking of each object as having like a soul or a spirit or whatever. Like does it spark joy? What does it represent? Well, if you're selling that and then you're really selling. Exactly. Like... <laughs> then it, that, right. that really makes you wonder about the joy that things can spark. <laughs> I mean, I will
4: say that like crystal yoni wands are not trademarkable and a lot of people make them. It was just clearly like Who she had gotten the idea. Who buys them? That's my question. Who buys for them? You. They show up on the Real Housewives a lot. I've heard sure. you're not supposed to put crystals. You are not supposed to no. put crystals in your yoni because they're porous. They're porous. Yeah, I just wouldn't. Um... But people sell it as it's like it's That's natural. the thing with the jade egg. Like the yeah, jade egg is giving people like infections. yeast infections. Yeah. Right, right. But that's natural, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, you we all got a little to, yeast. To make your bread. To make kombucha. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's how you get the
1: mother. I'm so sorry to our <laughs> listeners for what you we've just done to you. Uh,
3: um, no, oh my sorry. god, Momo's here. Yeah. No. Ah. <laughs> Hello, kids. I am Momo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is how she would talk. That's exactly how she would talk. But that's what
3: it sounds
4: like in the video. You know who reminds me of Momo? Who could that be? Someone else who pops up when you're not expecting. Oh, slip. Let's talk about fatal
3: attraction. So we are embarking on a series of, uh, I guess, undetermined length, uh, as long as we feel like it, I guess. um, One might call it
4: an erotic journey.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, an erotic odyssey. Uh, And now,
1: please join us as Nightcall embarks on its first erotic odyssey.
3: We are going to be discussing films that uh, fit into the erotic thriller slash drama genre, a genre which doesn't really exist anymore, and which is
4: still all of maybe our favorite. <laughs> yes. the
3: most interesting, even if it's not my favorite. I just feel like it's the most uh, like I don't know. I could talk for ages about some of these movies.
4: Um, yeah, I and, think it's. My, it might be our favorite. Yeah, yeah, in some I ways. Mean, It passes the night call test, the Venn diagram. It goes in the Hall of Fame. Yeah.
1: We were originally going to have this be a double feature. We may have double features in the future. Um, Our first film that we're going to talk about is Fatal Attraction. I had pitched that we do Fatal Attraction and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle because they go really well together. What did you call that one? Natal Attraction, which uh-huh. I really wanted to use. We'll and do now that I have.
3: one in the future it's for sure. Really, put it I'm on Netflix. It's, Netflix. Yeah, put it
1: somewhere in Netflix because we nowhere to see have it. not... Yeah, we can't watch it. But yeah. I've seen it so many times that I feel like I could talk about it anyway, but I I would like to watch it oh, yeah, again. You know what I, I watched
3: it? instead of uh, uh, well, I watched two things instead of uh, Hand That Rocks a Cradle when I couldn't find it. But the first thing was the Siskel and Ebert episode that included a review of Hand That Rocks a Cradle
0: which just <laughs> made yeah. me
3: miss Siskel and Ebert so badly. It was so, it's like the most civilized television show. Well, it's guess so what this
4: show is? <laughs> <laughs> it's basically um, the same. Put us on TV and give us some Big thumbs. Yes. Yeah, I had never seen Fatal Attraction before in my life, which is crazy. Really? Which is crazy because I you have, have blind known spots. You can have, drive a truck through sometimes, true. and <laughs> I've known that it's one of Tess's favorite movies. If since not my high favorite, school. and this podcast is all about Tess. You know, it. forcing <laughs> us to watch movies that it's she's all been about telling me, me baby,
3: <laughs> the adult canon of yep. yeah, of a an, a nineties
4: lady like Tesla, <laughs> and it it's always great. has
1: Glenn Close in it. Yeah, totally. The
4: deal. Um, Fatal Attraction. Was so good. So good.
1: But before we start talking about it, I have to say that um when we dug deeper into Glenn Close's character development for Alex Forrest, uh she consulted with a bunch of psychiatrists and kind of made up this backstory that the character had suffered from sexual abuse. So if we end up talking about that, it might upset you if you're a survivor of sexual abuse. So just you
3: can mosey on by if yes. that's Trigger warning Trigger for warning. Yes.
4: Alex Forrest.
3: Uh fail attraction. 1987, an Adrian Lyne picture, um, which I've seen this one. I had seen this one a while ago, but I really want to get to nine and a half weeks, which is uh, <laughs> a blind spot for me. I'm rare to go. In my mind, it's just like proto Fifty Shades of Grey, but like it more is. explicit. Have you uh, seen it? You've never seen I've it? I've never seen it. I really oh, want to see God. it. But like it it, he was clearly such an auteur of the form. And so I feel like we'll definitely be revisiting him.
4: This movie is so good. I had no idea it took place in Yuppie, New York. Absolutely. Where else could it take place? Where is it? Bedford? Yeah. The most 1987 everything.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: Um, I've obviously seen so many things from this movie out of context. And I was saying that, like, in context, you really feel for Glenn Close. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, this this is the the kind of of thing.
1: The more you watch it, the more you realize that there are clues all along that are kind of painting Dan is his name, but Michael Douglas's character as the actual villain. And I think two of them, I'd never noticed these before, but in two instances, he approaches first his secretary and then the police lieutenant. And with his secretary, he just starts, like, barking off things he needs. And then at the end, looks at her and says, like, oh, good morning. (laughs) And then with the police lieutenant, same thing. He's like, I need you to do this, 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 this. And then, like, shuts the door and the police lieutenant Mm -hmm. says something to the effect of, like, oh, well, you're welcome. So he's an asshole. He also talks about how he's, like, a lawyer with no morals and just, like, does whatever he wants to get paid. Right. But he was charming. he
4: was filming Wall Street, I guess, at the same time. It was a little bleed over yeah I've also um, never seen Wall Street. It's so good
3: uh, uh, uh so this movie, in case you are not familiar with the premise of fatal attraction um welcome to earth <laughs> um, It is about Dan Gallagher played by Michael Douglas, who has this kind of uh a weekend fling with Alex played by Glenn Close. he's a married guy in New York he's like a works as a lawyer for a publishing company and uh you know, a real yuppie guy, but they're about to make their move upstate and um, escape the city. But before that happens, he uh, he has some weekend fun with another lady, and then she becomes obsessed with him and will not leave him or his family alone, even when they move. It is, I think, hearing about the actual planned ending, which actually feels much more like a kind of Hitchcocky sort of noir. Um, do you guys know about the actual ending yeah yes. yeah so this
1: is the ending that was the original ending and when they changed it Glenn Close yeah. was
3: like furious quite about mad it. which I would be too honestly like yeah
1: spoiler alert in the original ending, um, there is a face-off with a kitchen knife, and Glenn Close, Alex Forrest, uses it to kill herself, but because it has been handled by Dan, it's used to like implicate him in her murder, and he's hauled off to the police. But then his wife, who is Beth, played by Ann Archer, finds this cassette that... Alex had made for Dan, where she's just like ranting about how she mm-hmm. has to have him, and you know he's so horrible. And it basically exonerates Dan when um, Beth brings it to the police, and they realize yeah. that she's why exonerate
4: himself. him? End it with him going to jail? Well, he I think you no, end it <laughs> no,
1: not quite. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, he got himself into this position. That's what I'm saying. And he acts as though he should not have right. to claw his way out, which right. he would. You know, you can get yourself
4: into a position and claw your way out. That's fine, right. but you can't. Just just
1: ghost yeah. he wants to ghost
4: well right this is like it's a revenge fantasy about somebody ghosting yeah
3: right and I mean well it's a really interesting choice about the script is that it does not give you any reason it doesn't set up like a sexless or passionless marriage or anything like that yeah. it doesn't give him any reason to want to do it so that when he you know ends up you know getting stuck in the rain with Glenn Close and going and having a drink with her and then one thing leads to another There's no reason that we would believe this would happen other than he's just like a dude. And this is like what dudes apparently do in 1980s New York. Uh, So when she, you know, later brings back this idea of like, you know, you thought that you could just sleep with me over the weekend. Nothing would happen. I mean, even though she's done plenty of stuff that she is not a good person. Let's just like make that clear. But like on that tip, she is definitely right like he kind of made a brainless decision yeah
1: complicated by the fact that she claims to be pregnant which is then verified when he calls her gynecologist which by the way a gynecologist would not tell a stranger over the phone. Hey, it's 1987. Pregnant, but in 19- anything goes. Anything, well,
3: anything goes. when you keep the gynecologist number on your Rolodex, you know. Right. <laughs>
1: <goes>. <laughs> but I mean, that kind of like, that's kind of glossed over as like, oh, she's crazy. Is she lying? But then when you think, well, if she actually were pregnant, she'd suffered a miscarriage the year before. So she obviously, you know, has kind of like some baggage with that, maybe wants to get pregnant. Now she's pregnant. She thought it was impossible. And she's trying to tell him, but he will not Won't answer her
4: calls. Mm Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, in these hysterical woman movies, you're going to identify with the hysterical woman.
1: Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. also I think like a lot of the things that have been written about Fatal Attraction rightfully deal with the fact that she's a career woman, yes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Beth is like the family; she's the perfect wife. Because yes. yeah, as Emily said, like she's she's still passionate about right. her husband, and she's like totally understanding right. that he's you know
4: taking yeah. the weekend to stay in the city. She's the perfect wife, and it doesn't matter. Yep. Yeah, uh, Glenn Close seduces him, but he never says no. Yep, he yeah. goes with it. It's all his fault, but then he doesn't want to take any responsibility. And Mm she just keeps showing up being like, you have to take responsibility for your actions.
1: Yeah. That's how it
4: works. I think one reason that it doesn't come off
3: as pure just like a nightmare about a clingy bitch is that he does so much stupid shit beyond just having the affair like right. the, every single moment every single I had to like I, I usually never do this like I usually like watch movies at home with my full attention but about halfway through like somewhere around the pregnancy thing I got so stressed out by his inability <laughs> to just like cut ties <laughs> and and like kept you know, the way he kept stringing her along and kept like kind of trying to like trying to because he likes the attention because he loves the attention, loved the sh- attention. I, I got so stressed out I had to like take out my phone and start like looking at something stupid <laughs> at the same time so I could not like go with him
4: i was journey. saying it's like she gives me strong real hunter oh totally vibes yeah. in general but i was also saying like you know the i always resented this movie for the fact that like her hair is supposed to make you know she's so crazy and her hair is so big <laughs> and I'm like, some of us just have big curly hair well in
3: this uh interview or no it was a talk uh that that glenn close did, which we'll get to in a second she does say that a lot of alex's personal style including her hair might be owed to the way that Glenn Close looked when she went in for her audition. Yeah, um, so.
4: <laughs> but al- but also like Ann Archer also has like a perm. That's oh a yeah, thing. It's just, like, everybody everybody has a perm, has you a gotta perm have a because yeah. it's nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. So again, in context, it all seems more motivated. Um, she's so good.
3: This is the thing, though, is like uh, also in that thing she talks about, and I think this is true. Like she was really not seen as somebody who could be. Like sexual on screen, right? Um, and and a lot of people, like including the producers of the film, didn't think that she could do it. But then, well, you know, she won. If him you over. know
4: anything about Hollywood casting, you know that ninety nine percent of it is people saying that broads aren't fuckable enough, right? Right. Um, Sherry Lansing was one of the producers that she named who said who like was totally oh, yeah. unconvinced that for I mean, sure it goes. Yeah.
3: It, it's all internalized. Well, what it's they're saying in... a
4: lot of the time is, I don't want to see you be sexual and. Yeah. What is so great about her performance is that she's hot in it. Yeah. I was very like, oh, I didn't know that Glenn Close could be sexual. She's very hot in um, it.
1: I also think that from the first time that you see her, which is when one of um one of Dan's colleagues is checking her out at a dinner where they're all there with their wives, but of course the lawyers are eyeballing all the women. Mm-hmm. She basically shuts him down with this like icy stare that is so incredibly like red flag and it's interesting because I think what draws him to her the whole time is how powerful she is and how scary and there's a scene when she's intense she's intense there's a scene when Alex kidnaps um the the daughter Ellen yeah that's
4: when you maybe turn on Alex
1: well what's interesting (laughs) is there's a scene where they're on a roller coaster and Ellen is f- supposed to be five or six years old. So she's probably like on the younger end to ride a roller coaster. Yeah. I love that you
4: think about that.
1: I think about oh, it Oh, I know. That's the first thing I think view. of when
4: I watch that. Yeah.
1: But you see her face and she's like terrified. And then eventually by the end of the roller coaster, she's loving it. And I think that... It kind of plays on the fact that what Dan wants from Alex is, like, something dangerous that could almost blow up his life. Right, because that is
4: the ultimate luxury for someone who has it all.
1: It is, and it's also, like, the ultimate sexual thrill. Like, on the elevator when she's giving him a blowjob and it stops between floors, like, she has the hook in him at that point, and he ends up going back to her apartment.
4: What I've noticed about erotic thrillers is nobody ever has sex on a bed. Yeah, they know. It's (laughs) always got to be back running water in this
1: movie.
4: It's so stressful
1: to me living in LA. I'm like, someone
4: turn off the water. That's part of it, too. It's like, she doesn't care. The water's just going to overflow. Things are boiling on the stove. No one's home. That's right. Bunny or stew, it doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) The opera's too loud. Yeah, the opera's too loud. loud. And it's
4: cool. And I like that he has a daughter because you're also like, the daughter is totally clocking all the stuff that's happening. Yeah.
1: Well that's the other thing is so the ending that they went with which I think Glenn Close in the Oxford Union talk um discusses as being, you know, she was like I don't think that it could have been a hit without that ending is that spoiler alert again Beth ends up shooting Alex mm-hmm. uh the good wife has
3: to shoot the career woman to
1: protect
3: the, the family, family to
1: protect the family and Glenn Close was obviously, you know, very against this because to her Alex was a victim and Alex was like a right. person struggling with mental illness And when she was looking into the character, one of the psychiatrists who she consulted with suggested that in a scene where Alex um, is peeking through a window and sees Dan giving his child this bunny and they're having this like warm moment and Alex runs away to throw up, the psychiatrist suggested that maybe that reaction was because Alex was the victim of incest at that age. Alex's father had died when she was seven of a heart attack and that, you know, she was reliving kind of like the gagging nausea that she had when she was that age around her father. Right. Again,
4: when you... When you put it that way, you're just like this person. will deserves well, sympathy because he, well, he but, ruined but her I, life, but just as much thing, as she like, ruined his.
3: This is why I like. I'm I'm kind of surprised that you guys describe Alex as like this powerful woman, because like I think that she has a career. Yes, and she's like not. You know, she hasn't like decided to be a housewife. But like I, I, feel like from the get go, like that's not the first word I would use to describe her. Like she, like obviously has an appetite, but I don't, I don't know. I think that
4: right, she has an she has an appetite that like yeah. matches his. For but she stuff. also has a magnetism, and yeah. I think that that's her power. It's like a sexual power, and also,
1: I mean, just the fact that she deals with men as an equal basic I mean like when they when she's asking him in a very forward way like if he can be discreet and right. it's a total lie you know <laughs> so, she can't be discreet yeah. at all but I mean <laughs> she's just bluffing in a very believable way that kind of speaks to this confidence that she has but then obviously there's no core there there's like no center to her
3: right yeah And that. yeah that's the thing is like knowing somebody past the first weekend like you can get away with not having a, an actual core to you. You or being like empty inside for a weekend
4: <laughs> yeah uh, being a-, a wandering uh void but uh right but again it's like michael douglas is a wandering yeah yeah in that totally movie, uh more than her because with her you like feel something for her and right. with him you're just like well he deserves to lose his family he made the choices that lead to he should lose his family yeah i mean it's also
1: kind of one thing that really like is hard to swallow is how long he goes without telling his wife. Because you're just like, why are you suffering like this? He's protecting her. When he finally tells
3: her, she's kind of like, Ugh, Okay. I want he the movie where tells she her and when Alex he needs team up. Yeah. Like yeah. When he needs her to help him address the problem, that's the only time that he gets the like when when the the value way like you know tips over to like okay, I should tell my tell my wife, but uh, right. Yeah.
4: And then he can't even, you know, she's got a killer. Like, he can't do anything right. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Also, I have to say that the
1: architecture in this movie, like, I just love. Looking in people's apartments and houses, and how the crazy person always lives in a loft because only crazy people can really exist. Who would live
4: in the meatpacking district? I love whenever they're walking through the alleyway in the meatpacking district and everything is like on fire. Yeah. Yeah. They have like actual fires happening. Yeah.
3: (laughs) 80s.
1: Yeah. She lives on the edge. Yeah. There's like Uh, graffiti on her window, but it's a
4: really expensive looking apartment. Let's talk about Glenn Close for a minute because we all learned something about Glenn Close. Oh my God. Right.
3: Close. Emily. so again, we we highly recommend you, you can Google this or, or look it up on YouTube. There's a, uh, a talk that Glenn Close gave at Oxford University about a year ago, um, where she's it's it's about it's about mental health uh, in general, but it's about her career and kind of her life, and then her approach to different characters. So that's where you know a lot of the stuff about Alex Forrest comes in. But also has, and I mean, this is not new. This was not news. I don't think at the time, but. Um, apparently Glenn Close grew up in a cult and lived in one t- from age 7 to 22 apparently and she decided so to long. Yeah. break out of the cult as a 22 year old so she could go to college where she went to William and Mary and she studied theater there and then like you know the rest is history but like that was fascinating to me. Like she I don't I don't I
4: guess I don't know that much about Glenn Close in general, but I guess I knew nothing about yeah. her. Well. I think I always I thought I love she, her. I think I always thought she was like a Juilliard person, like Meryl Streep or something, but this this makes more sense. She has so yeah. many
3: layers. She in this talk she, also didn't she did did Meryl
4: Streep go to Vassar. I'm sorry, I don't want yeah, <laughs> to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I just <laughs> I you thought, thought she was
1: born into the theater. I thought right, she was right. born into the theater. Scene, I lady. would have
4: assumed she was like from old money or something. Yeah. I would not have guessed that she grew up in a cult. Her like- father
1: was a famous surgeon I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean she also talked about how her family like her sister suffered from mental illness and um, no one was allowed to see a psychiatrist or a psychologist growing up. She said it would have been as frowned upon as inviting a Democrat to dinner. <laughs> Ooh. I mean she's just a phenomenally interesting yeah. actor and person. I love her. Her. I'm glad um, we're getting well into it's the close interesting zone. too
4: because she's so she didn't win for the wife but she is doing Sunset Boulevard, the musical, next. Uh, Nice. Which she's done, like, several. She's done several times, but it's going to be the filmed version of it. Um, And I think that's interesting, because obviously Norma Desmond is, like, another one of, like, film's great female monsters who I think is, like, a sympathetic character that I love, you know, where (laughs) you're like, oh, what? She's a villain because she's, like, old and still wants to be famous. Like, it's more about, like, men's, projected fear of women than anything else you yeah. know yeah um because she's like a cool dracula
3: yes yeah. she's Lady um, so dracula. i can't wait to that's see that's gonna be i mean that's gonna be the thing it's good that she didn't win it for the wife she's not right. near death she's not near, anywhere near the end of her career <laughs> she
4: has so much left in her she's gonna be fantastic Toy, toy emily um we lost a lot of greats here's in the past month. here's an idea glenn close play momo <laughs> Win the Oscar Rude. for playing Momo. Misunderstood. <laughs> I'm just saying she does well with character roles and, and difficult women.
1: My mom said that the, her performance in The Wife was like one of her favorite performances in years. She Look, thought she's it was great. like, you know, she's amazing. really I mean, good in The Wife.
4: Like, I want to say I didn't see The Wife, but I saw the Who Weekly live show where they show Bobby Finger showed like a super cut of yeah. just all of her reactions of just like looking away. Sadly, uh-huh. uh, great, a- great acting. Yeah, she's she, awesome. Yeah. She also looks fantastic in it. She wears yeah, a lot of It did not.
3: Yeah. Um, she she rides the Concord. It's a period piece, so she's like oh, wearing nice. a shawl in the Concord, like being Glenn Close. <laughs> it's just it's. I mean that movie isn't
4: great by any means, but uh, it, it's it's it's, got it's, its, it's relaxing.
3: It's
1: got its mamas. Um, yeah. I will got also got recommend
4: Glenn Close a great follow on Instagram. I just learned. Really? Oh nice. I followed her on Instagram. She posts a lot of pictures of her dog, whose name is Pip. And then she posts close-up photos that are called oh. Pip quizzes. Pip was, Where like, very
3: I, big at the Indie Spirits. He was, like, a yeah. mini-celebrity at them. She'll
4: post a close-up photo and be like, what is this? And then, like, two weeks later, be like, it was some rust on a windowsill. Uh, <laughs> I love
3: that. Me, too.
4: I feel like <laughs> Glenn Close She's would like fit like right like, yeah. kids or something. She's like, <laughs> Glenn Close, come on night call. <laughs> Glenn Close, come on night call. Yeah. Close calls. Yeah, Listen. close calls.
3: Um, one other question I have for you guys, which can maybe, like, lead us to uh, future erotic thrillers. Um, what do you guys think of the sex in Fatal Attraction? The sex scenes. I yeah. mean, there's the elevator one. There is, uh, oh, gosh. Now I'm, like, I'm having a weird brain melt because I watched two erotic thrillers the sink, in, in one The night. sink. But the the sink, sink one. Yeah. yeah. The sink. Uh, and, like, the pants around the ankles. They're Um, good. They're good sex scenes. I'm totally down with those sex scenes. What do you think? I mean, they're very, like, they're very, like, Madonna musical video level. Like, the like either in the white room or in the elevator with like the light coming through the shafts while she's like up against the wall it's very and the guy
1: walking by yeah honestly yeah. the weirdest thing to me is when she like grabs like a handful of water and kind of like <laughs> yeah, throws it everywhere
4: to cool
3: herself down but it's
1: funny because it's she puts I it in his su- mouth though you're supposed to react like whoa
4: so kinky look <laughs> what feel, she's doing I feel like so, anything weird and specific no I love it like, that's why I liked the peeling off the eyebrows and a star is born. Yeah. You're just like, never thought of that. <laughs> I think you. You can make that hot, but or like the best can. part in Fifty Shades of Grey is like somebody like bites into toast in a weird. <laughs> oh, I remember it right? that way. Yeah, right. You're like, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. um it's weird specific things, and this movie has some weird specific things. Emily, what did you think of the sexy sex in Fatal
1: Attraction?
3: Oh, I, I'm into it. I mean, like. I, I feel like uh her bedroom, which is where I mean there's the sexy sex ends after like the first third, obviously. Um yeah. he does not go back for more. Uh but he keeps just, flirting. Even when he's telling her to I go know, away. He's yeah. like
4: or do or should you <laughs> um, <laughs> mix signals.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is one of those things also where I think getting used to like that kind of nudity again, that kind of casual nudity, like even in movies that are R-rated and have sex in them that come out now, you just don't see... That is as much like you don't just These see are movies like a grown up yeah you don't see a woman just like as she would after sex like casually like hanging out with her tits out like with her that titties out yeah, at, yeah. Um, it feels it she's pe- also so tan she's so tan so she's tan. Tan. so, so bronzed and like amazing because looking. I think that's the thing it's
1: like
4: she's so dangerous yeah she's so
1: tan where has she been <laughs> that she got this tan well
4: it's also like <laughs> wives she's don't have that tan a little crazy from the beginning so you're like he went for it because of that well yeah.
1: that was all, all I know we're going like really long on fatal attraction no, but that was another I, thing she said no in, in the Oxford day, address yeah. about how she was like so nervous about the audition she like couldn't do her hair and she always has a hard time doing her hair and she was just like fuck it and it was crazy mm-hmm. and she was wearing this black dress and she was like you
4: know just she she's like you like guys like to get crazy she did the like no, can she you said be she was discreet wearing, like, the white scene. shirt
3: dress thing
4: like oh like, she was I think she was wearing Alex. the black yeah. dress Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I think that's okay. what she
1: said yeah But she did the can you be discreet thing and she was like just trying to throw some things out there, but she was freaking out. And it was so, it's so interesting because her hair,
4: her hair being like Medusa like yeah. definitely yeah. was My favorite retained. part is when she's sitting alone in her apartment clicking Flicking the, the lights on and
1: off. I took a video of that for the Instagram that I will send you. Oh,
4: God. Um, we love I like it. any movie that whose message is be terrified of women because I'm always like, that yes. is right. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. why I love Audition also. Yeah, Audition oh, really Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, um, any movie that's like, lure you in with femininity and then your life becomes a nightmare. Well, we'll yep. get to basic instinct. I mean, Michael Douglas does not farewell well in any of these movies. It's oh. <laughs> just like, if ever
3: there was a man to see be made miserable in uh, by, by various like
4: wildly hot and amazing women. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very Michael satisfying. Um, well, if you have any erotic thrillers you would like to hear discussed on Night Call, please give us a call at 240 yes. night
1: also, if you have any erotic thrillers that really bother you or are really bad, tell us about yeah. those
4: two. And, and what put works us through some work. misery. Yeah. I believe it's called Wild Orchid is the one. Yes.
3: <laughs> um, and that's added to the list now. Yeah. We are also on Twitter at NightcallPod, Instagram at NightcallPodcast, and Facebook at NightcallPodcast. Uh, And you can also subscribe to us on iTunes and give us a review and a rating. Maybe you can talk about your favorite erotic thrillers in your review. There's no rules. You can do whatever you want. We'll be back next week
4: with more erotic thrillers. This is now a show about erotic thrillers. Erotic thrillers and Momo. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) And just like Momo, we will not be ignored. (laughs) Bye.
2: disease